Hello, and thanks for joining us. Two sharp chefs and a microphone here. I'm Lorraine Moss, chef and journalist. And I'm Louis Victor, chef and professional food photographer. We started this podcast in memory of one of the best food culture ambassadors of all time, Anthony Bourdain. In his memory, we wanted to do the right thing and build a better sense of community among cooks, chefs, restaurant workers, and food lovers here in Las Vegas and worldwide. Hey, Louis. Yeah. There's a popular saying, three can keep a secret if two of them are dead. Let's hope this is not the case in this podcast. Absolutely not. <laughs> nobody dies in this podcast. Yeah, nobody dies nobody in the next 30 ever. minutes. <laughs> Let's go ahead and start with a more positive, sharp quote. Some secrets are too delicious not to share. Suzanne Collins, Hunger Games author. Love those books. Are you hungry? Are you hungry? I'm hangry. Are you hungry for a secret? (laughs) Today, our special guest is the co-founder and president of SecretBurger.com. Jolene Menina has worked in the hospitality industry for more than two decades. Long time. Yeah, that is. She's creator of Backhouse Brawl, which we both know about, of course. She was the head of culinary for the inaugural Life is Beautiful Festival. And she's currently working with our friend, Elizabeth. Blau and many other powerful women on Las Vegas's Women's Hospitality Initiative. We're definitely going to get to that really soon, but let's first talk about secretburger.com. Thanks for joining us, Jolene. Thank you for having me. All right. It's your super smart brainchild. Like, seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, It's at the forefront of just pretty much every food event in town at this point. Um, How'd you come up with this idea? So I've been, you know, hosting events for the last several years. And, um, you know, because of that also in Vegas, uh, so many of my good friends are chefs or restaurant owners. Mm-hmm. Right. And good so, right, exactly. <laughs> and I've done so many large scale events and my own events and, um, it, it takes so much to put into these things. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're looking at this and luckily for me, my fiance has um, a development company. So they build applications, websites, all these things. So it's like, let's come up with, um, a great way that we can drive restaurants, high margin covers with absolutely no risk. Right. I'm doing all these events and I'm like, how can I pre-sell these things? So I have to use like an Eventbrite. I'm looking through all these different things and I couldn't find the one I really loved. Mm -hmm. And so as we're talking about this, it's like, great, why don't we just build our own? Right. We're going to build our own, basically uh, like an event ticketing platform that is geared specifically to culinary events, but make this done in a way that it does not hinder the restaurant's normal business. Right. And so we can get into what what that means. But it just sort of like, you know, having fun, being playful and a way to do micro events all year long several hundred of them and let the restaurant, you know, dictate what that is and execute it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's perfect for me. Yeah, and awesome. seriously, just in general, the pop up has that coolness factor, which totally. chef love. Right. Chefs love because we want to be cool. Right. I mean, that's <laughs> where the name came from. Mm-hmm. Right. Secret burger. Right. So, you know, it's more about the secret than the burger. Okay. okay? So restaurants don't have to do a burger, as you've seen through right. all the events that we've done. So, I mean, that the logo is a cloche. So it's like the unveiling of something. Mm-hmm. Right? right. And yes, everyone loves the word secret. So like if you're going to see this somewhere, call it on a billboard, you're going to be like, what is that? I have right. to know. So that's one reason where the, the name came up, because, yeah, who doesn't love a secret? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it seems like every single time I'm on social media, something pops up. Just pretty much like 
every day, every couple days, at oh, least yeah. every week for sure. I mean, you know, our friends at Valencia and Gold, Sparrow and Wolf. Uh, I mean, uh, District One, like all the people that Gina we talk Pabuano. to on yeah. a weekly basis mm-hmm. are involved. How does that make you feel that you've started this thing that just I love has it. these legs that are crazy? I mm-hmm. love it. I mean, it was, you know, starting it, we just started, uh, we launched secretburger.com January 2nd, 2018. So it's been just a year. And that first year was obviously, you know, craziness, figuring it out, <laughs> figuring out all the yeah. pieces. And I come from the event world, but this is also an e-commerce site. This is all online. And it's right. like, there's so many learning curves for me on that side of it. Right. And so, and we're building the site as we're going. So we're learning and learning and learning through the year. And so, um, you know, last year when we did it, you know, luckily I do have a lot of friends in the industry that, you know, trust me and believe in me. So they were like, let's do it. Let's, you know, let's make this happen. So it allowed us to test out the model in a few different ways. So Secret Burger was designed really to um, make it easy for our restaurants and chefs to be creative, have fun and drive them high margin costs. Right. And then from a consumer side, it's a it's a website where they can go to and find exclusive off the menu, unique dishes. Right. Right. So you win, have win your favorite situation. restaurants. Right. So what? Win-win situation. Yeah. It's a win-win. Win-win. yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, you, you have your favorite restaurants, but it's like things that are off the menu. Right. Yeah. Like, we, we really push it. We're like, thing. do something that's off brand. Right. You know, why is someone going to drive across town on a Wednesday between five and eight to come to your restaurant? Right. What's the story behind it? Right. right? Do something that they know they can never get like mm-hmm. EDO Tapas doing duck ramen yeah. next month. You know, it's like, yeah. You can't get that on their menu. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So the we did that actually that same dish last year in February. And I was like, we have to bring that back. And it sold out in a month. It yeah. sold out a month early. I mean, you know, for that dish because people know they can't get it. Like James Trees did a burger and he would never put a burger on his menu. Mm-hmm. So we were like, I have to have that burger. So, you know, that's really kind of what we push for because we know how exciting it is. Right. And we keep it exclusive. We don't, you know, we don't sell more than 50 um, covers, like, or, you know, or tickets, right. right? Some are only 20, some are only 30. And if you just saw, like, we just did an event with Gina um, at La Strega, that's an octopus for two. And she only did 10, you know? So there's right. some that are just smaller where they're bringing in these items and, you know, they just want to keep it super exclusive, super fun. We're really, we're we're selling that FOMO yeah, at the end of the day. Sure. Let's talk right? about FOMO real quick. Yeah. You know, that whole psychology of like the fear of missing out, mm-hmm. I think is this is what drives the business forward. Because For like sure. if you only have 10 tickets, I mean, I'm in. Right. You know? And it's I like, feel like it's more now than ever very because of limited. social media. Yeah. And very oh, limited. It's Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Totally. And this culture is like driven by like, oh my God, it's limited. I'm going to get I it. I need to have it. Right. Need to, need I to. saw those pictures. That's right? it. I saw that video. We're a really good story. A really good photo. We say equals FOMO. We're like, mm-hmm. this is our secret sauce. So when we're discussing this with restaurants and chefs of what they want to do. Mm-hmm. We like, you know, make sure that they're not just putting up something that looks like a nightly special. Right. You know what I mean? Because no one's going to run across town for that. You know, there's mm-hmm. got to be something behind it. Like make it exciting, you know. But how, you, did you, how did you get your pulse on that? Like, because um, Las Vegas was not a town of pop-ups. Like no. it, it actually jumped from like a town of buffets and shrimp mm-hmm. cocktail and prime rib to this beautiful burgeoning culinary scene. I mean, in 2012, I was doing a series of pop-ups called Chow Downtown. Yeah. 
And uh, I was doing that with um, Chef Josh Clark, who was the, the owner of Goodwitch, mm-hmm. right? And so way back in the day, we were we were already doing these things, but we had to like, once again, it was set up a whole nother way to like get, you know, pre-sell the tickets and, right. and all of that stuff. Right. But it was really exclusive and we would sell out super fast. Right. And so, you know, at that point, the reason why we were doing it is because we actually, you know, we were kind of in business together and we're like, how can we introduce, um, his style of cooking and cuisine and build this audience before we like get into business together. Right. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that 2012, 2013, 2014, we're, we were slowly building all right. of these culinary, you know, yeah. events. I mean, when I did life is beautiful, it was, I don't think people realize, but it's definitely one of the first festivals in the country that was music and food was highlighted. Serious yeah. food. And serious food. Serious to, food. You know, serious food. Honestly. 20, 20 chefs doing demonstrations. Yeah. You know, having Hubert Keller and Rick right. Noonan and having Nobu and all these people uh, selling food and then doing, you know, events, culinary events with inside the festival grounds. You know, but you could see at that point, everything has started changing, right. right? There was a demand. There was a demand for it, right. And so, and that's what's happening now. Now, because we're looking off, you know, off the strip and we've built so much now, um, you know, culture now off the strip and having all of these amazing chefs either leave the strip or open their own restaurants because it's sustainable now. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, you know, our first thought is, you know, where can we go? off the strip. And now you've got, so guys are all buddies. Yeah. All buddies. Yeah, they, are. they all want to play together. <laughs> they all want to support each other. So they're yeah. doing the collaboration dinners. You know right. what I mean? Like all these pieces to promote each other, which I don't think you find in a lot of cities, a lot of chefs no. promoting lot. each other. There's yeah. a great Las Vegas community family. Yeah. Here, yeah. Right. Um, that's just not as arrogant right. as maybe some other cities that were comparable they're not to in size. Cut, they're not as cutthroat. No, no, it's right. about enjoying each other and enjoying yeah, our talents, totally. which right. are different talents, you know, I, different yeah, skills. I, and I love the, uh, you know, that cross promotion mm-hmm. thing. It's, it's just an amazing way of showcasing like what Las Vegans are really all about. In, in Las Vegas, I mean, that's like some of those events that I do, the collaboration dinners are some of the ones that sell out the fastest. People are, you know, they're excited to be able to yeah. meet the chefs. They have them there present yeah. and then get something, you know, really cool and unique. Right. Yeah. And we are seeing that more. Yeah. We are seeing more of a community that wants to I get people that hit me up all the time and say, thanks for thanks for starting this, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, yeah. and I see a lot of the same faces, a lot of the events <laughs> and they know True. now like they yeah. pay attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's cool. Um, are there now that you're at this point of a year? Yeah. Are there components that you're just like, oh God, I really need to add this. And you're just. So, so after the first year, um, moving into the second year, we, um, so it's, at, you know, anyone can sign up for this. There's no commitment. Right. But so going to the second year, what we did was we did start off with 16 restaurant partners that were committing to six events so that we could say, great, we're going to start off with these 96 events for the, for the year and have them drafted and ready to go, which is a big difference from last year. Right. It allow us to better market these guys, you know what I mean? Get all these extra things. And then, you know, also have some fun with it. Right. Right. So, um, so, so that was one thing that I learned from last year. Right. Yeah. In addition to that, um, what we what we realized through having the restaurant that, that does just the off the menu dish or, you know, the restaurants that did the course dinners or some did like full buyouts like Gina did the Halloween gala at La Strega. Right. There's all these different ways to utilize a platform. I mean, I ran picnic through the alley through mm-hmm. my platform 
you know, to do the tickets. But we found that like the, the real sweet spot are in these series. So like mm-hmm. we did, um, Omakase Cantina for Life is Beautiful. Hatsumi's been doing Yagatori Omakase. Um, and so we're like, people are, are kind of feeding on the, this is the structure of this event. Mm-hmm. And there's come, it's consistent. Right. right. It's co- cohesive. It's, it's like, it's a different chef, but it's a, we know we're getting 10 small plates and it's, you know, $55 right. or $45. You know what I mean? So we're finding that they're, and they get excited about it. Right. So we really like this year, there's several series that are coming out. Like um, we're still doing the Yakitori Omakase at Hatsumi. Mm-hmm. We're Hill Switch chefs. We're also doing live from the monkey bar at Piero's. So people don't realize that Piero's has had the same chef for 37 years. And Chris Collin just stepped in and he's a new executive chef there. So like really excited to have like, you know, a, a little, a little new change, yeah. right? Some new blood. But then, you know, so because he's in there, we've got a good relationship. I also do some work with um, Jason Harris and he's a comedian, right? He's what he's a food writer in town and he's also a comedian. So we're doing dinner and a show at Piero. So it's like going to be always this changing platter of great bites and then comedy series. So we'll run that every right. other month. Mm-hmm. And then we're doing five-star fast food with Meraki Grill. And so basically we're getting these executive chefs to come in and recreate a fast food item. That's right? awesome. It's super fun. I'm sure. Yeah. It's like Josh from Bordeaux is, you know, just did his um, crispy um, fish sandwich and we'll get Roy Elamar in there and Adam Sobel. And uh, you know what I mean? Just all these great guys to, to run through these fun dishes, but yeah. it's something to look forward to, right? Yeah. right. They can build into something else. So like Gina from the Stregas Monday, is going to be like seafood for two. So, you know, these things that, you know, are, are cohesive and consistent. Right. Right. It makes super sense. Cause we've got that culture of binge watching. Mm. So it's almost like binge fooding. It's mm. like, mm. I want to know what happens next. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Like what happens next? What happens? Right. Like four components of this or six components. Yeah. Also like, yeah. from an artist's perspective, when you create a body of work and series, you know, you want to see that consistency, right? Like that theme, um, pop up in more than just one it's more exciting for you. Work of art, you know, it's like six or eight yeah. and you'll see the staying power. Right. right. Yeah. Because if they kill it on the first event, the people who are at that first event are going to make sure that they get a ticket for the second. So now it's going to be even harder to get that ticket. Right. For the second one. And then, the, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, that's. Goes back to creating fun. that coolness. Yeah. Factor. Right. Now, speaking of coolness factor, we've got to talk a little bit about back of house brawl. Uh huh. So cool. It's so you know like underground, just <laughs> smack down. Very gritty. Very real. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, talk to us a little bit about that and how that kind of just became a thing because also this is something that we're not used to in our Las Vegas scene. It seems like a big city thing. Yeah, it totally organically happened because I used to have a food truck, and uh, and so when I had my food truck. I, I wanted to serve industry, right? Yes. Because I knew they were most appreciate it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they tip well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? of course. So it's like, we know it's what a it's like. <laughs> so, um, so while I had my truck, I was looking for a central location to find where it's easy to get to. And mind you, at this time, everyone's working on the strip. This was not like, there weren't local restaurants everywhere. So it was like, how close can I get to the strip without being on it? Where can it be easy? And so, um, so I went to Tommy Rockers, um, to set up the Saturday night food truck. So, uh, basically it was, um, 
I rotate five trucks with me every Saturday from 10 to four o'clock in the morning and invite, you know, go around and literally go to every bar, invite everybody, invite everybody to come out and, right. you know, be there because I would save my night as a food truck owner. Almost yeah. like I club do promotions so gr- kind of yeah. thing. Oh no, that's what it, I mean, yeah. I was literally papering everywhere on the strip, sitting at every bar and like handing out flyers, <laughs> calling managers at four o'clock when they're doing pre-shift to be like, Hey, make sure you're inviting your staff yeah, to come right. out tonight. Right. <laughs> right. But that would save my week, you know what I mean? Right. And sales. And then I get, you know, a home for all the other food truck owners. And so we started doing that. And then while we were doing that, you know, I was one of the first food truck owners to hit the streets. There was only a few of us. It was like me, Fuku Burger, um, uh, Curbside Cafe, um, Sliding Through. There was just a few of us going. So, um, so they all needed somewhere to hang out to, right? So right. it became this party. But anyways, the chefs that, you know, I was meeting through, you know, the years of, you know, just being here for a short period of time, but like through Nine Steakhouse and all this stuff, they're all like, you know, they all want their own food truck or they think they do. Right. right? <laughs> and it's like, I got a great idea for a food truck. I would do this for a food truck. And it's yeah. like, great, jump on board. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because it's a little bit of a bitch too. Right. right. <laughs> we keep hearing that. Right. Yes. Okay. So I'm like, great. So how can I get in my mind? I'm like, I'm already trying to pull you know, the industry here to hang out. How can I get them more involved? How can we, you know, do these things? And, um, I were like, great, let's do a competition. We already have all the equipment yep. right. on You've got your the stage. trucks. Right. We don't have to rent all of these things. Right. You know what I mean? And if you guys went in the very beginning, when I launched this in 2011, it was, I mean, we were playing music from my telephone out to the audience <laughs> when people were calling me, like we're checking on it. Like it was, you know, super, super, super grassroots, super <laughs> raw. So it was just like everybody just drinking, having yeah. a good time. And, you know, we do the chef competition. And so, um, the very first chef to, to battle for me was, um, Josh Smith, who at that time was at, um, Milos, sorry about that, uh-huh. Milos. Nice. Um, and he was Gino Bernardo, um, whom I love. But then like I had the next time it was like Matthew from Geese of Wah. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And then we ended up doing like for Bastille Day, like every French chef. I was like having a meeting inside Robichon. I'm like, who am I? Right. Right. You know what I mean? Like, what is going on? Um, so it just sort of evolved on its own. Like people were coming and they're just like, Oh my God, this was so much fun. And I saw so many people that I haven't seen in years. You know what I mean? So it just became this, like, you don't have to dress up, you don't do whatever, just roll out of work, come over and just like chill out, relax. Right. Well, for the people who weren't battling. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? And, um, and yeah, so, I mean, everybody, you could see that like everybody really loved it. So I'm like, great, we're going to continue to do this. I sold my truck and I continued to do the event because Tommy Rockers was, you know, doing really well also, right? Yeah. They're, 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 um, you know, they're probably increased business by over 50% on that night. And, uh, and everybody from the industry really loved it. And it just, it, it allowed me to meet almost every chef in town, you know, yeah. over, probably a hundred chefs have battled. And, um, and I, and we, we, you know, we got picked up for a TV show. So we did two yeah, seasons I on FYI called night late night, night chef, chef fight. fight. Yeah. Um, but, um, it's just been, it's just been such a joy to like put that together and, you know, be there as like almost a connector to keep everybody, you know, relationships building. I mean, when these chefs were battling to get each other, some of them mm-hmm. didn't know each other, you know, right. they were having a beer after work, you know, regardless, you know, of who won, right. you know? Right. So it's just, 
I don't know. It was a, just a super fun, organic event, you know, Seriously, that happened. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah like, thank that you. was an awesome event. Like, you know, I observed that you just organically picked up on these like nuances and these ideas and then just like really. I mean, I do things it. that are, I would like to attend, uh-huh. right. you know what I mean? And uh, like, luckily I have the ability to be able to create these like fun events, but you know, I wouldn't do something that I don't want to be at. Yeah, that's true. You know, what you love, right? That's yeah. the secret to chef life. I mean, yeah. you eat, you do what you want to eat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like what you crave, right. other people will most likely crave. Totally. And, yeah. And it transcends to, you know, any career. Yeah. Basically, you do what you love, you'll flourish. Right. You know, you're yeah. more attuned to paying attention to, you know, your your market, your audience and what they need. Definitely. So, yeah. So I want to move on to the Women's Hospitality Initiative. Um I know that you're involved with that and it aims to help women progress and thrive in their line of work. And it's, you know, because the number of women at the top doesn't represent at all the multitude of women coming in and mm-hmm. working in this business. Yeah. Um, the number of something like so 7%, yeah, 7% of head chefs yeah. um, and executive chefs are women when more than 50% in the, uh, we're more than 50% of the business. Yeah. So that's obviously a shocking number. And Elizabeth Blau uh, decided that, you know, instead of just talking about that number and feeling bad about it, let's just shut up and not worry about mm-hmm. why that happened and worry right. about moving forward. And what do we do to help the situation? Obviously a really great cause. Why did you want to get involved personally? So I started an event last year called Picnic in the Alley. And Picnic in the Alley was um, designed to be um, an exclusive produced event by all women, right? So it was for, you know, it was done by women before everyone. So it wasn't, you know, it was open to anyone who wanted to come. But, um, But I wanted to do an event that, you know, Everyone that worked on it was a female. So from everything from graphic design, photography, videography, the chefs, the mixologist, the artist, everybody was a female. And um, I just thought it was like a fun time to do it. I've done so many events and, uh, you know, lots of times it is with a lot of men. And I'm just like, there's so many talented women in in Vegas, um, chefs, pastry chefs, whatever, production, our whole production mm-hmm. team was all females. And it's just like, I just wanted to put this event together and kind of be like, great, let's empower each other and, um, and really get to know each other. Right. Right, Because so many of us see each other, you know, but we know each other's names or social media, but we don't mm -hmm, have the opportunity to like have a conversation. Right. So it's like, let's build this together. Let's not just make this my event. Let's make this everyone's event and like have Rose, you know, uh, go in and put together the beer program for it. Let, let. Uh, Stephanie Torres from La Streca, you know, work through what the wine program is going to look like. Mm-hmm. Let's bring in this, you know what I mean? And let everybody kind of have their own like creative freedom, which we can do because we weren't like in, you know, a spot on the strip or anything like that. We had a, you know, a fun space we could do whatever right. we wanted with. So, so anyways, I put that event together and it got, um, you know, we got a lot of press on it, but also it, um, Everybody was so like, I can't tell you. I mean, people were jumping on it to be a part of the event right. from the women, but from a sponsorship side, whatever, just to support the cause. Mm-hmm. So many people were like, you know, I, I, I was mind, I was completely overwhelmed. Honestly, there was over 60 women on the lineup. It was just, you know, it was really such a great 
project to put together. And, um, and believe it or not, super easy because every woman was amazing. Yeah. Right. Everybody was on it. Everyone was <laughs> on it. I was like, I'm showing up today and like, you know, we're going all out. Right. So while I was building this event, um, and Elizabeth Blau was a part of the event, you know, we obviously, we highlighted her and, and her restaurants. Um, she was approached, um, uh, by Joanne James, right. To do for, to do the viewing of the documentary, a fine line. Right. And Elizabeth called me one day and super excited. I mean, she was talking super fast, like really excited. And, you know, and she, she was just like, you know, listen, you know, I like, Picnic in the Alley was kind of a catalyst for this, right? Mm -hmm. It started to raise some questions. Then she saw the documentary and started to see the numbers. And she's aware of what is going on. But she's like, you know, now we have an opportunity to like put together a really amazing group of women that can actually move the needle uh, on the side of equality and all these different things. And so she called me very excited. And she's just like, would you, you know, would you have lunch with me, Elaine Wynn? And, and you know what I mean? It's like, like, no, I don't have time. I, and I'm just like, what is happening right yeah, now? Like, right. yeah, you named the the time and the place. I will be there. Right. right. And so that was the initial conversation to be like, A, can we make this happen? Right. B, do we have time to make this happen? Because it's not something you can just do. Yes. You have to follow through. Right. There is a full plan that that will allow you to create mm-hmm. a foundation organization and you have to have the right people and the people that are motivated to make it happen. Right. It's, um, you can't start something, you have to finish it. Right. Yeah. It's got to continuously grow into something bigger and bigger. And, uh, you know, after several meetings and like getting together, we realized, you know, yeah, we, we can definitely do this and, uh, we can definitely get the support of, of everyone that we need, um, that, that has a voice, to, to make it happen. So she approached me, you know, this was the first time that, you know, at the time I'm like, wow, do I have, do I have enough time capability to put towards this? But this is something I would love to be a part of. Mm -hmm. There's a way for me to be able to help and give back. And, and there's some value for me to be a part of it. I'm in. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, I mean, that's, you know, it, she, she came to me and that's basically how, how this happened. Yeah. So speaking of that, your hustle is like so real. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even really have side hustles. You just have like full it's hustle. A, all hustle. So yeah. Um, I know a lot of us, um, well, honestly, especially women, like yeah. we want to know how the hell <laughs> you get the energy, you yeah. make the time. Like, how do you do this? With once again, businesses? once again, it's because I'm only doing the things that I believe in or yeah, that I believe in like, you know, and you know, I feel like it's my own. So it's, you know, I don't mind working until one o'clock in the morning. I don't mind working every day. Like that's what pushes me honestly to keep going. Like I, I just, I was telling somebody the other day, like I need that chaos in my life. So you thrive in that. Yeah. I totally thrive in that. Like, that's why I love doing events. And you have to like chaos. Yeah. You know, cause there's a lot of organization it's a lot of logistics and it's, you know, a lot of communication and it's, you know, the, the, you know, I could probably work a little bit less. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But I find my time, you yeah, know, yeah. I find my time. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, on that same topic, you're a successful entrepreneur. And there are so many people out there, especially that we know in our business that have these great ideas. Everybody has great ideas. There's so many smart people Mm -hmm. and so many motivated people. Mm -hmm. So how do you take those great ideas and then make that an actual business? I know it's 
this could be a very long discussion. I mean, so, totally. What are the main, like, I mean, I tell you what, after I started my food truck, so I was a server. Um, I moved out here, you know, at Commander's Palace as a captain. And uh, I opened up the Palms. I opened up Nine Steakhouse. And I was doing very well as a server. Right. That place was the shit back in the day. <laughs> that uh, was the place yeah. where all the celebrities hang Are you out. kidding me? The, all we the hot chicks were it. there. I was there for 10 years and we killed it. It was mm-hmm. the place to be. Yeah. It was so much fun. Late and we nights, had more than so drinks. <laughs> many regulars. Yeah. Everyone, we knew everyone that was walking yeah. in the door. We had a great service staff. Yeah. So we had a ton of fun. But anyway, I'm not working during the day. I can sleep. I can do whatever I want right. to. I can take off whenever I want to. I have insurance. I'm making good money. Right. You it's like, in hand all right. the time. It's like, why, why stop that? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, but you know, because at some point, <laughs> at some point you're like, oh my God, I need were. a, I need a challenge. Yeah. And I will say, because I came from that background, it was really easy to take a step forward into a business because I knew that if it didn't work, I could go back to waiting tables or doing something like, like worst that. Worst case scenario. That's, you know, yeah. which is you not said a bad the magic word. I mean, I'm typing in my two weeks. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, you know, it's like having a safety net, right? In right. this city. I mean, uh, you know, I, I had fun serving, you know, serving and, and meeting new people. And I made so many connections through that. So when I, when I was launching my food truck, I had several people that owned, you know, restaurants that were entrepreneurs that had, you know, that a lot worked with me to build, um, you know, to build a plan, you know, to, to build that plan to, to get going and people who were there to back me. Like I just, I took the resources that I had and I asked for help. You know what I mean? Went to people to run through my numbers with it to make sure it was right. But really I had that safety net too. And then once I launched the business, I was like, holy shit, that was just a checklist away. You know what I mean? It's literally a checklist away. So it's like, I can do that. Like mentally, I can do that. I think so many people and and a part of even what the Women's Hospitality Hospitality Initiative is having that mentorship and leadership that a lot of people don't have to have access to something like that. You know, so luckily, once again, like David, um, you know, has Object Studio, which built Seeker Burger, but, you know, he's had several businesses. I have someone in my life I can go to as well to run through ideas, but you have to talk these things out. People right. come to me all the time or have through the years that are like a server, a bartender or whatever. They're like, how did you break out? Sit down with me and I'll listen to them. And I listen to people who want to enter the food truck business and, and, you know, mm-hmm. and I'll give, I will sit down with almost anybody and kind of give them my two cents, but then also say, great, this is the person you should talk to. And I feel like there's a lot of, we've got so many resources in this city that is right there for us to utilize. Right. True. But that's it. I mean, it's a checklist away really right. for all these things. So is it yeah. kind of just like fucking do it? Fucking, like, just yeah. fucking do it. I mean, in some cases, everybody's always like, listen, when, how, in some you cases, know? it doesn't make sense. If I put all these numbers together and these guys that were looking at my numbers, right? My business plan that they helped me make. If they're like, Jolene, you're fucking crazy. Yeah. Don't do it. Right. You're going to lose on your mind. I'd be like, okay, I'm not doing it. Like there is a process, right? Not mm-hmm. just do it, but you know, it has to make sense. Right. Right. But you don't just jump into something without putting together a business plan. Right. Right. True and that. I think, and, and there are, there are, um, there are companies in Vegas as well, like for small business owners that will sit down and, and do these things with you. So you have to have the drive to make it happen, right? So you just have to 
go out and like you said, go out and do it. But the first step obviously is putting it on paper and making sure that there is, you know, in any, almost any business is going to change your business plan in the first six months. Right. Right. It's just what happens. You learn so much in the first six months. You're like, oh, this is what we should be doing because you're getting feedback. It's the same thing with Secret Burger. It's like I'm getting feedback. from, So I know how to build our dashboard. So it looks a certain way for a chef to use it, you know, or it looks a certain way and it's easy for a consumer to see it, you know. But, yeah, you have to you have to get it out there. You can't be scared to tell people what what your idea is either. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you can't, you know, just saying something, someone's not going to go run off with it. Like it right. takes a lot of time and effort to, to start a business, you know, right. but there are, there are people within the community and people can even reach out to me. And if there's, if they tell me what they're doing, I can probably hook them up with someone to have a conversation, yeah. to just have a conversation over coffee, mm-hmm. right. To like, see where should we go with this? I think one of the things, and I think it's for me, from the outside perspective, the thing that you do really well is that you know your thing. I just right. listened to a podcast about right. that. You know how obsessed I am with like super soul conversations with Oprah? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so obsessed you with love that. it. It's like the best podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't um, love Oprah? It's just like I work out and I'm just like sweating and I'm like, oh, this is great advice. Um, You're like cooking it in your head. Yeah. It's just, you yeah. Um, it was so interesting. It was with um, a famous reverend, J.D., God, I'm going to have to look it up. I will put it on our page. But he was talking about knowing your thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, that's the very first question. Uh, yeah. It's, and the thing that was interesting, the question that he asked was, what's your gift? Mm-hmm. And when people get you, what gift are they getting? Mm-hmm. So think of yourself as a gift. And what is that gift? Whoa. And going forward with that gift. And I feel like of all the people we've talked to, you really have an idea about what your gift is. Your gift is this idea of making things happen from a perspective of event planning and just yeah. just doing it, getting it together, yeah. getting those people together. You're good at yep. collecting people and yep. putting them to work in the way that you need them to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've got it. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, ah. Um, but you're a gift. It's, yeah, it's, you're the gift. You're the gift to Las Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> Secret burger. Um, right. You're from NOLA. Yeah. So before we move on to on the fly, I want to know what are the go-to eats there? Because, you know, there's so much tourist crap and da da da. just like this place, just like Vegas. And I mean, I'm going to have to send you a spreadsheet because it's just goes on to, and on. It goes on <laughs> and on crazy. and it's forever changing. Right. It's okay. like, you ha- yeah, it's like, you know, a couple of years ago, like when Shia came out and it was like the best restaurant in New Orleans, which is like Israeli food. It's amazing. And then there's like a small place called May Pop that does like a kind of fusion dim sum on Sundays, which is really good. And then you've got like great sandwiches at Turkey and Wolf. And, you know, it's like you still want to send people to classic spots at the right? same yeah. time because it's just like Cafe du Monde. And yeah, right. It's just that, that feeling, you know, like that you're, you're in here. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but I mean, like I always go to Bacchanal Wine, which is like a super fun. Like, it looks like a, it was like an old house converted and it's wine and food. But in the back, Ooh. it's always live music. So it feels like you're in this backyard party mm-hmm. and uh, there's always a line at the door. And but there's a line at the door and you can go inside, buy a bottle of wine and drink it while you're standing in line. That's which, crazy. Yeah, it's amazing. Like the scene in New Orleans. And is like super amazing. casual, right? Like super fun, super casual casual and heading French, French men and seeing yeah. all the live music and knowing when to go to Oak street because rebirth is playing like, you know, so I have to send you a little, little spread. I'm going to need it. Cause I'm going, so, when, when are you going? going? Uh, literally as this podcast comes out. Oh, this is, <laughs> oh, wait, are awesome. you going to be there during Mardi Gras? Right before Mardi Gras. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's another. So here's the big loaded one. question then. What is? 
Crescent City or Sin City for food? Oh, oh God. Oh God. I'm or is torn. it like picking your favorite child kind of thing? Kind oh, of. I, uh, shit. Okay. I guess I'm, I think I'm leaning towards, uh, I think I'm leaning towards Sin City because there's so many, there's a huge variety of food mm-hmm. here. Um, though New Orleans, you know, has, uh, you know, has a big, um, Asian population as well, which is starting to come out and people are starting to get that um, piece of it too. Uh, but only say that just because, yeah, there is like a, a huge variety of food, but no, it's so tough. It's, it's tough. I'm, I'm torn too. Cause I love new Orleans. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's it, there you walk into the street and you already feel like that hospitality vibe. They're yeah. not putting up. That's yeah. the way they live. I know it's a hard question, but I had yeah. to just because I've never met somebody from New Orleans. Yeah. That I, I mean, Vegas doing if food. somebody so from New Orleans hurt, hears this, they're going to slap me in the face yeah, for sure. They're going to find me back. You wear a hat. and slap me <laughs> in the face. Yeah. Prodigal daughter. You. But that's the difference. Like there's things in New Orleans. The difference is that there's things in New Orleans that you just can't get here. So yeah. like, that's why that, I think that's why the question is tough because you know, you're not going to get a really fucking Banging po' boy here, no, and or gator, gator. Or, gator. yeah, yeah. Like, or like you know that whole like Cajun side of it, yeah. like uh-huh. you know, it's just no one's making really great charbroiled oysters, and like you know, like just there's certain things you can get there that you can't get here. Jambalaya, right? Yeah, gumbo, right. like real gumbo, right? Urgh. Love it. Yep. <laughs> All right, Lou. Let's okay. move on. Louie, we're going to do on the fly, 60 seconds, rapid fire questions with Miss Jolene Menina. Jolene, are you ready? I'm ready. Bring it. All right. Ready? Go. The food you crave. Ooh. Oh my gosh. I crave so much. I guess, I guess it would be, I mean, it's a burger. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Favorite dessert. Ice cream. Best tool for your job. Best tool for my job. A computer. Cat or dog person? Dog. Most inspirational person? Oh, my grandmother. Dream place to travel and eat? Ooh, Asia. And that could be, that's loaded. So, <laughs> but I have not been to Asia yet. So I'm oh, hidden everywhere from. You must go. Yeah, I know. Probably the first would be kid. Thailand or Hong Kong. Speak I mean, like. to me. Ooh. Yeah, great. Childhood food craving? Child, oh. <laughs> That was fried chicken. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Guilty pleasure. Guilty um, ketchup. Favorite alcoholic beverage. Tequila. How do you relax? Huh, Tequila. The question. <laughs> Tequila. <laughs> and one more. Got time for one more. Sure. Your dream job. Ah. I mean, this is my dream job. I love doing events. I feel yeah. it. I definitely feel it because you light up when you talk about it Yeah, and you're still excited. You still want to get up in the morning. I know you're busy as hell. But right. I never went to school for this and I didn't graduate from college. I mean, went, you know, for three and a half years, not knowing what I wanted to do. And when I started to do the small events, I was like, oh, can I do, can I do events? You know? Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm like, how do I get into that business? Yeah. Right. <laughs> it just started happening. Yeah. And speaking of that, we're going to have you go ahead and sell it for events. Secretburger.com. Yeah. I'm going to sell secretburger.com. I mean, everyone should go there to find exclusive and, you know, if they're foodies and they love to eat exclusive one time only events in Las Vegas. And so you need to go there. You have to reserve your ticket in advance because you cannot get these items at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. And then while you're going there, you're also going to find uh, access 
to, you know, our event that we're doing February 18th. So you buy your tickets through Secret Burger for this as well, which is the screening of a fine line and the launch party of the Women's Hospitality Initiative. So in that event is the GA tickets only $60 and there's over 50 women that are going to be sharing food and beverage and you get to meet all these amazing women. So secretburger.com. Amazing. Jolene Menina with secretburger.com. Thank you so much. Thank you, ladies. Mm -hmm. Really had a great time. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Two Sharp Chefs in a Microphone. We love subscribers almost as much as we love food. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review. And check out Two Sharp Chefs. That's with a number two on Instagram and Facebook, as well as our WordPress blog. Email us with any questions and ideas at twosharpchefs at gmail.com. And Louie, we stream new episodes every Monday on iTunes, Spotify, Radio Public, and Stitcher. It's been a pleasure. We're 86th. Till next week.